Well, hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? I do. Listen, sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your couch, but there was something truly special about riding your horse to Blockbuster, Mm. walking down the aisles, picking a movie out by hand, and watching it when you got home. Mm. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte. Joining me as always, two dudes who like to play chess and screw, (laughs) two provincial putzes. Their names are Sean Pryor and AJ Venz, but most people call them Sean Pryor and AJ Venz. How the heck are you? Very good, man. Very good. Um, I hear you loud and clear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is for damn sure. Howdy, partners. This is our first Western, and I'm stoked. Sean's got a cowboy hat on, and he realized that uh, back when people wore cowboy hats, there wasn't such a thing as podcasting and headphones. So. No, I didn't. Yeah, I think everyone knew that, but right. I didn't. But you didn't know that. We're going to have to move to in-ears. Right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we're going to have to move I to. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. <laughs> did, you, did you catch that on camera? Oh, man, that's why you got to watch our YouTube. You never know what kind of zany stuff we're going to get yeah. into. This is what my hand is like this. Fortunately, I podcast with this hand. <laughs> It's a bad joke, guys. No, it's a great joke. I think that's it for us, guys. We're glad you tuned into the episode. Have a great day, okay? Cheers, guys. Now, boys, on today's episode, we discuss the undisputed satirical movie champion of all time, a movie that was nominated for three Oscars and was written out of Mel Brooks' anger at white corruption, racism, and Bible-thumping bigotry in America. The second highest-grossing movie of the year. We are, of course, talking about 1974's Blazing Saddles. Well, damn dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another nostalgic journey to the past with the Confused Breakfast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you are in the world. Take it away, boys. This was voted on by our beautiful, beautiful people at patreon.com slash confused breakfast. If you're a member there, you get tons of perks like bonus audio, weekly bonus audio. You get to vote on upcoming movies like this. So here's what happened. We provided them the the movies. We kind of went like spoofs, you know, like a little bit of that. Um, Actually, no, we didn't. We didn't do that at all. Okay. Uh, We just gave them five movies from the 70s to vote for. And they chose Blazing Saddles with 51% of the vote. Young Frankenstein following behind that at 21%. Animal House, 13%. Smokey and the Bandit, 9%. Deliverance, 6%. Yeah. So if you don't, I'm just saying, if you don't, you could, if anybody could have fun with Deliverance, it's us. And you know we're going to get to it someday. Uh, But listen, if if you don't agree with that and you want to be a part of this conversation, patreon.com slash confused breakfast is where you get to do that. Also, another great perk is these bonus monthly audio episodes. They're on Spotify now. Come on. You don't even have to listen in the Patreon app. You got your own little separate little paywall thing that you can get behind and listen to our stuff. So check that out. Boys, summer of 70s is approaching the end. And we got to dive into this. If you are new to this podcast, we're going to be reviewing Blazing Saddles scene by beautiful scene with a modern eye. But in order to do that properly, we got to talk about it with pure and utter nostalgia. AJ, tell us the first time you saw this movie, uh, what your thoughts were and what your nostalgic rating is was. I was always a huge Mel Brooks fan. Comedy movies like this were a staple in my family. Um, Now... Mostly, it was really started with like Robin Hood Men in Tights, 
but then there's also all the other greats like you know Leslie Nielsen um, movies, Zucker Brothers movies like Hot Shots. Um, you know, when you have like the naked gun movies, all that good stuff. So it was a staple and it wasn't until obviously later that I really saw this. I didn't watch this movie when I was as young. Um, I think I ended up actually seeing it with a, with a buddy of mine who he was, he was a movie buff. Right. And he, I stayed the night at his, at his house and, uh, he was, we were like, oh yeah, let's watch like young Frankenstein, which I saw. And then he's like, have you ever seen Blazing Saddles? Oh, you got to see Blazing Saddles. Oh. So then, <laughs> oh, God. Have you watched The Bear yet? Oh. Oh, oh so good. We've been doing what? that our whole lives. What are you doing <laughs> tonight, bro? Um, give me your phone. Give me your phone. Give me your phone. I'm going to set you a reminder. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one's ever done that to me. No, no I'm going to uh, start doing it. <laughs> uh, no, but so... Luckily, I had I had plenty of Mel Brooks knowledge going into seeing this for the first time when I was in middle school. Okay, Um, and uh, you know, definitely was caught off guard by the language, but still loved it and I appreciated it for what it was. Although I didn't like it as much because it was like old. It was an old movie, (laughs) so that's an old movie, but it's still kind of funny. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give this a a seven. Just a seven. Point zero one. Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. Seven <laughs> Hold on. Give me a second. I got to type that in. Is more. Uh, so, guys, you know, there are those movies where the first time you see it, you're blown away and it's a it's a 10 is right off the bat. First time you see it. There are the movies that you see the first time and you're like, yeah, I don't like that. I'll probably never watch it again. And your mind changes the next time you see it. Mm-hmm. Then there are those movies that you're. Just basically a huge piece of shit who should never have a movie podcast because you haven't ever seen. Mm. I've never seen Blazing Saddles. Mm. And I don't know why, right? Mm. So, because I, I do like Mel Brooks. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I love it. I just don't know why. Maybe it's because, like, is this ever on TV? Not really, uh, right? Know, I like, I don't so. think this is, which is how I did consume a lot of my movies at a younger age was mm-hmm. like t- TBS, TBS and Comedy yeah. Central and stuff. So, I, I guess I just, why would I rent Blazing Saddles when I can rent Three Ninjas Kickback of course. or something like that? We now that. return so. to Blazing Saddles on WGN. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's not going to happen. We resume after the Cubs game's over. <laughs> so I'm, I like, I, I'm slightly embarrassed to say that I have never seen this, but that has been the beauty of this podcast is this is now, I'm leading the pack. This is now the 19th movie I've never seen that we've done. And, and so far, some of the movies I've never seen have become some of my all-time favorites. So we'll see about this one. Yeah. And we always say it, man. We don't we don't judge with that kind of thing. You can you know, if it's your first time with the movie. I think that's a beautiful thing. You, you actually know? feel cool, like wow, Mike got to watch that for the first yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm can't wait to hear your uh, assessment of it. Um, <clears throat> I first watched this movie with my dad and my mom. I, they they had touted it as like their favorite funny movie and like the best comedy of all time. Um, I don't remember a single bit of it other than uh, the farting scene <laughs> making me laugh, and then. Um, my mom, my mom always said uh, that her favorite line is, we don't need no stinking badges. And I'm like, yeah. why is that funny? It's, it's not, funny. not funny. I have no idea why, why, why is that funny. Yeah. Um, I didn't really get it at the time, so I'm going to give this movie a whopping 4.59. 4.59. For us, that is a 5.8 on what we've done. And that's, that's going to be bottom 15, right? So that's going to fall right below Stand By Me. Right above Twister is where that's going to fall nostalgically. (laughs) I'm just saying. We got to go. We got to go. So we'll see if that changes. So first thing we got to do 
is we got to strip away that nostalgia. We got to learn all the pertinent, important details of the movie. Sean, what do you got on this? Here one, we go. Man? Produced by Michael Hertzberg, written by Norman Steinberg, 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 Andrew Steinberg. Bergman, Mel Brooks, Alan Ugger, and Richard Pryor. Cinematography by Joseph F. Barak. Barak. He also did the Towering Inferno and my favorite Christmas movie of all time. It's a Wonderful Life. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Music by John Morris. Uh, Winter ed- of fifties coming up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Edited by Dan. Uh, edited by Danford Green and John Howard. Directed by Mel Brooks. Cast: Cleavon Little, Gene Wilder, Slim Pickens, Harvey Corman, Madeline Kahn, Dom DeLuise, Robin Hilton, Jack Starrett, David Huddleston, and Mel Brooks. The original conceit and script came from one of the writers, Andrew Bergman. Originally, the script was called Tex X, and the project was to star James Earl Jones and have Alan Arkin direct. Mel Brooks got wind of the script and purchased it from Bergman, and then hired a team of writers, including Bergman, to touch it up and add additional comedy bits and references. Brooks also made a sign in the writer's room that read, Please don't write a polite script. The writer's room was crazy, and several people left throughout the process. Brooks described it as more of a drunken fistfight than a writer's room. Tight. Yeah, I was. I think like Richard Pryor uh, was one of the stories that I read. Um, he was like he came in to the writers' room and like had a bag of cocaine with him <laughs> and like did a bump right away. He's like, okay, let's do this. Anybody else? Anybody else want some? And Mel Brooks is like, uh, never, never after like two p.m. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, at first, Brooks wanted Richard Pryor to play the role of Bart, but the studio thought he would be a liability to the production due to his history of drug arrests. Brooks replaced him with Cleavon Little. John Wayne was sought after to play the role of Waco Kid, but Wayne didn't want his family-oriented demeanor to be tainted. Gig Young was cast in the uh, part, but due to, uh, w- due to withdrawal from alcohol, the actor passed out on his first shot, and Gene Wilder was flown in for an emergency to replace him. Mm. Weird to think he wasn't, like, original choice. You yeah. Know? yeah, no, I think, I think he offered it to Gene Wilder, and he didn't want to do it, because I think he was actually working on Young Frankenstein Ah, uh, gotcha, time, gotcha. And wanted to complete that. Uh, when casting casting Madeline Kahn, Brooks wanted to see her legs, and Kahn was hesitant because she thought if it's that kind of audition. Uh, Brooks assured her that it was for the screen test purposes only and that he was happily married. Uh, yeah, you probably want to assure someone like that. Yeah. Also with John Wayne, uh, he said, no, nah, I, can't, I can't let this. Uh, like He obviously got the satire portion of it. He's like, I can't let this taint my my." Big husky man, yep. Western man. I could, I'm a right. do. I'm a do all good guy, you know. But he did say, "I'll be the first one in the theater when, cool. when it's released." Okay, so, okay. I like that. Uh, filming began on March 6, 1973, and during the production, Brooks would be uh, hounded by Warner Brothers about the content in the film, namely the gross use of the N word. Mm. Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor, and Cleavon Little would defend Brooks about this complaint claiming that this is the essence of the movie to satirize the blatant racism of the, of the period and of the period they were trying to betray as well as the era they were filming in, in 1973 Brooks asked Pryor about the word and Pryor told him, well, Mel, you can't say the word, but the bad guys can say it and they should say it. Brooks also had final cut in the film. So that was another factor. Um, a huge, huge Warner brothers, you know, a huge studio. They are obviously hesitant with a lot of this content. Mm. I, I agree with Pryor where it's, it is the essence of the movie. It's the point satirizing this whole thing. And we definitely will get to that. But even if 
they they wanted to do anything about it. They couldn't, thankfully, because Mel Brooks had final cut. Didn't he kind of just go, um, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure, I will take yeah. those notes. Oh, and yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yep, and then oh. just full well knowing, I'm not going to change it. Oh, I'll take this one out, but not, you know, not the rest. <laughs> Blazing Saddles was released on February 7th, 1974, and on a budget of $2.6 million, the film would earn $119.6 million at the box office and be nominated for three Academy Awards, including Best Editing, Best Original Song, and Best Supporting Actress for Madeline Kahn. That's what I got. Look at that, man. Well, up next, we got to talk to AJ, who talks about the critics and fans alike and what they all thought about this movie. What do you got, man? Guys, let's do it. You know where we're going. We don't have to put any fluff no. into it, and I should probably stop talking about it right now. Let's go to the tomato meter. Compliment your schnitz and frugen with a 90% Ooh. certified fresh. You know, where, you know where 90 puts you of all the movies we've done? That puts you tied with Reservoir Dogs and Raising Arizona is where that pops you. Wow. Okay. Just throwing it out there. It's great. Uh, audiences came in at a 91%. Mm-hmm. And the IMDb is 9. Uh, sorry, 7.7. Jeez. Oh, 9? <laughs> 9. I don't think that exists. I don't think that. No. No, there's they ever nothing with a 9. Uh, that's going to tie. 7.7 ties with Princess Bride. Greatest movie of all time. Wow. Right? Just throwing it out there. The greatest movie of all time. Just throwing it out there. There you go, guys. Uh, let's just start at the top. Roger Ebert of Chicago Sun-Times had this to say. 100 out of 100. Ooh. It's a crazy grab bag of a movie that does everything to keep us laughing except hit us over the head with a rubber chicken. Mostly, it succeeds. It's an audience picture. It doesn't have a lot of classy polish, and its structure is a total mess. But of course, what does, the ma- what does that matter while Alex Karras is knocking a horse cold <laughs> with a right cross to the jaw? <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. It's, I love a fi- it. it's a fine line that yeah. you got to walk, and he walks it. Uh, it. It does. It absolutely does. Uh, Adam Smith over at Empire 100% agreed with 100 out of 100. Nice. <laughs> Stands next to Young Frankenstein as Brooks's best movie, and of course, boasts the, boasts the god of all fart gags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get there. It's very true. Uh, I gave this, I, I wanted to just find like the lowest critical rating on this that I could. Um, it was Time Out London. The staff was not credited, probably because they knew they were wrong afterwards. Ooh. 40 out of 100, 4 out of 10. Oh, Lord, says the preacher. Uh, in a suitably grave voice, do we have the strength to carry out this task in one night, or are we just jerking off? <laughs> Maybe Mel Brooks should have asked himself that question about this movie. Wow. Got him. I like to take a line of dialogue from the movie and just put it back on him. (laughs) With his own joke, I got him. Back at you, Mel. What do you got to say about that? (laughs) All right, let's do a couple. Just like Twister, if they would have had the tagline, be like, it sucks. It (laughs) sucks. They saved themselves. They're certainly living in the suck zone if they thought Uh, this movie was a good idea. Yeah. Got him. This movie's a blazing mess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's more like, like blazing bag of poop. Yeah. <laughs> Got him, Cherry. Uh, one out of ten. Um, Phil Hill had this to say. Uh, awful movie. Slow and childish jokes. Mm. January 8th of 2022. I think I must be living in some kind of upside down world. <laughs> this movie is terrible. 
So bad we had to switch it off after 45 minutes despite paying to watch it. The pace is pedestrian, acting wooden, jokes childish or just offensive. Clearly much of it must have been ad-libbed because no one could write such awful dialogue. What in the world does anyone see in this film? I'm shocked. I've noticed over time of you reading these uh, these reviews that your reviewer voice mm-hmm. is uh, similar to Zoolander talking about how he models. Mm. Just like very stuck up and, and yes. very yeah self-absorbed even maybe. It might be Zoolander who wrote that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> one out of ten. Enough of the bathroom humor. Uh, this one will really let you know how educated this guy is about movies. Uh, this is uh, Fred Loper. In 2021, all he had to say was, this movie, along with The Big Lebowski, are two of the worst, most overhyped movies of all time. That's it. I have four TikTok followers. (laughs) (laughs) I've gone viral. I've gone viral like like twice. How many views? A thousand. Dude, I got 4,000 on my last uh, thing. I don't know if you've seen it, but I I do really, really short uh, movie reviews. Yes. Just one sentence music movie reviews. Yep. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and my TikToks are me just reading my one line movie reviews. Yeah. <laughs> it's going well. With no video. <laughs> <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, they're all in the car. They, let's just face it. They're, they're all, all in, they're my all wife in the driver's doesn't seat. let me TikTok when I'm at home. So they're, I have to do they're it. All in, they're all they're all in his driver's seat with Fake Oakleys on, and he's probably white. driving white he's, Oakleys. He's white Oakleys. Yeah. I had to uh, specify. He's he's very white too. Yes, and he's <laughs> in his Dodge Ram pickup, whatever you know, fitted, fitted hat with the hat going over the the tips yeah. of his ears. Yeah, and he's got the he's got the bottle cap remover built into <laughs> oh. the belt. Yeah. Oh yeah, but his sandals also have those. <laughs> They're not sandals. They're they're dudes. Dude, that man dude cruise or whatever. Dude man's. Dude cruise. Hey dudes. Hey dudes. Yeah. <laughs> they're really comfortable. That man is never without a bottle opener or a koozie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where's you keep your koozie? Under my hat. Right here. <laughs> it's under his ten gallon hat. <laughs> All right, last one, guys. Ten out of ten. They don't make them like this anymore. That's right. Could never make this one again. Could never make this movie today. <laughs> Nightfly in De- on December Nightfly three on December thirtieth of nineteen ninety eight said, "It's funny how the climate of comedy has changed." Mel Brooks could not make a movie like this in the current society. <laughs> Nowadays, everyone takes everything way too seriously, and we've forgotten how to have fun. <laughs> this movie I mean- is one that has withstood the test of time. Sure, the humor is racially charged. <laughs> But if you listen to the dialogue, the white man is lampooned as much as the black man. On the whole, the best film that Mel Brooks ever produced, even topping History of the World. Okay. There we go. It's okay. I like this movie. I'm not racist. I can like it. (laughs) I can like it. He's He's making fun of it. I can like it. I work with a couple of black guys. <laughs> we, I consider them my friends. We've hung yeah. out after work before. Gosh. 
Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, AJ. We appreciate that. You certainly can like this movie. Yes, yes everyone can watch, like, watch and enjoy <laughs> this movie, guys. Okay. <laughs> guys, this episode is brought to you by AG1. All right. Since starting this podcast, we've had some really, really wonderful sponsors that have helped us all gain some healthier habits. And AG1 is definitely one of them. Okay, Mike has been telling us all about AG1 for quite some time now, and uh, when they reached out to support the podcast, we were all extremely ecstatic, and I am now a true believer. I have been taking it every day since I received mine, and uh, I noticed the benefits almost right away. It makes me feel really good. It makes me feel like I'm genuinely giving what my body has been missing because uh, AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. Even uh, even the scoop, I don't know if you guys read this. Yes. Even the scoop is is shaped to deliver like the perfect scoop. Yep. To level it out and give you everything that you need in it. So okay, so every scoop is packed with seventy five vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole foods sourced high quality ingredients that have some major benefits like a healthy gut. I need all the help I can get. Uh, I'm in a better mood because of it. My energy is up and I'm boosted there. Even the, the, my hair, my skin, my mm-hmm. nails, like everything. This has literally everything packed into it for you. I even took like a little golf trip over this past you weekend. Take the packets with and you? And I had the, the to go packets yes, on the road, guys. So I, we were at a golf casino trip and I did not have to miss out because I had those trusty AG1 single surveys. Yeah. It's a whole kit that they give you and it really makes you, it makes you feel good. Like the moment I take this first thing in the morning before I have my coffee, I don't do anything else. I drink this first thing in the morning, guys. It's so good. If you guys want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash confused. That's drinkag1.com slash confused. Check it out. Well, my dudes, after you've scooped your AG1, I need you to write this down. I want rustlers, cutthroats, murderers, bounty hunters, desperados, mugs, pugs, thugs, nitwits, halfwits, dimwits, vipers, snipers, con men, Indian agents, Mexican bandits, muggers, buggerers, bushwhackers, hornswogglers, horse thieves, bull dykes, train robbers, bank robbers, ass kickers, shit kickers, and podcasters. Could you, uh, Can you repeat that? Could you, could you you gentlemen, more time? rest your sphincters. Here we go. He rode a blazing saddle. He wore a shining star. His job to... So scene one. In the American Old West of 1874, construction on a new, new railroad runs into quicksand. The route has to be changed, which will require it to go through Rock Ridge. The state attorney general, Headley Lamar, wants to buy the land cheaply by driving out the townspeople. He sends a gang of thugs led by Taggart to scare them away, prompting the townsfolk to demand that Governor William J. LaPenamain appoints a new sheriff. 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 I am so excited. This is like pretty much our first western that we're ever doing uh, Damn, that, dude. that we've ever done kind of crazy um we got a few more coming up but I this think is, there's like two more in yeah, september yeah, i know we've talked a lot about cool hand luke but we still haven't done it yeah yet. you know it's we're, we're eventually gonna get there you know paul newman's great good, good western guy oh yeah <laughs> dig deep for that reference it's very uh, deep um, but no it makes me so excited like this this opening even and especially the song man the song <laughs> is fucking amazing uh one one tip it right right off the bat is that brooks wanted frank 
Frankie Lane, he's a singer who did a lot of these types of songs for Western movies. Okay. He wanted that kind of kind of singer to do it. So he put out like a pretty much a flyer, like an open casting for that to fill that. And Frankie Lane found it. He's like, Well, uh, you want a Frankie Lane sound, I'll I'll just do it. And so he came in, <laughs> he came in and did it and did it with all the passion in the world that he's ever done with any of the any other songs that he did and uh, had no idea that this movie was a satire and like pretty much a joke but that's what makes it better it makes it so much better yeah, because like even like brooks added like the all the whips the, whi- <laughs> the whip Dude. is so it's, funny it's like it's like 1874 cowbell i need more yeah i mean it's, it's exactly you know it's it's exactly what it is <laughs> Dude, you got to talk about uh, a couple of these characters. Like some of these actors are incredible, right? So uh, Burton Gillingham is plays Lyle mm. right off the bat here that we got. You know, he's like permanently squinted in yeah, the sun. Yeah. Um, do you recognize him at all? I right away for me for my brain I was like and oh god weird another actor's been in more movies no, but no. like there are two movies that he was in that were a major part of my childhood do you recognize him at all no he looks like uh, another actor called Arch Hall Jr who was in okay. the, the the sadist which is a cool like 60s movie right but yeah he looks so familiar what it was AJ no I can't think of it, man. So the first one he was in, he was an airplane mechanic in Fletch. And I know that's a deep dive. If you don't, if you haven't seen Fletch in a long time, he's kind of this country bumpkin, got big old teeth and he talks like this. So he's good at that. Oh my God, he's so good at it. But where he really blew my mind was he was the gun salesman in Back to the Future 3 when they arrive in the Old West and they go to the town square. Wow. Why don't you have a little shot right there with that? Like, like yeah, incredible that that. I mean, he he just sort of it's sort of typecast, I guess. Yeah. But like, he's just I really like the majority of people in this movie and how good they are at acting. Everyone now they does. all buy it. Man. Yeah, they're all true. there, man. Everyone Co- does such maker. a good yeah. job. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, and then like Slim Pickens comes in here, and I'm just like, yeah, that makes so much goddamn sense. You know, I know he's been in westerns, but he's like the comedic timing of of. All of these people. Every single one of them. Is outstanding. And it's so much fun to watch. And I love how they, like, right away, they turn it, they turn it on the white people pretty much, you know. Like, they, <laughs> they want them, they want the, the rail workers to sing a song because that's what you guys do, right? <laughs> and then uh, they start singing, no, a song kind of like this, you know. I think that's so funny. And they're, they're just kind of standing there watching them, just like, yeah, yeah, you fucking assholes. Yeah. Dude, yeah. It's, it's, so, it's so great. And still true today. It's like when you see, I play a lot of weddings. And and the way that white people dance at weddings, <laughs> I'm one of them. I can't dance, no. but like them going you with their hands, like it's just so making fun Everyone's of. Everyone's Elaine from Seinfeld. Yes, yeah. they're, they're singing <laughs> such a terrible, dumb, cliche song, and they're dancing like idiots. Where you just had uh, you just had Bart and his crew just beautifully singing this <laughs> crooner song, <laughs> and yeah. like it just they start right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where where they could have, I don't know, they could have made this like very tension filled for like 10 to 15 to 20 minutes before we realize, Oh, okay. I see what's going on here. Nope. You know, right away. Yeah. I mean, and then they come at you, dude, the first five minutes of this movie have, have C words, N words, F words. Yeah. I mean, my, my wife walked in and was like, Oh, are you you're doing this movie? (laughs) You can't can't do it. Are are you going to get in trouble? And I was like, babe, I, I get it, because like on my first watch, guys, I'm sitting here going, yeah, it's tough. I know. Wow. Yeah. But, but but he almost he like I don't know. Is it sort? I want to ask you, Sean. Is this sort of like Tarantino, right, with uh, Django, where like how how do you feel 
Cause they like I feel comfortable with this, and I hate to say it, like I feel like I know what he's doing, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go with this ride. Is that is that sort of like Tarantino? And and also to give you a double sided question, they couldn't make this movie nowadays, didn't they? Just make it with Django, like didn't pretty much, you know, isn't Django pretty much this movie nowadays? It seems like it. Uh, you know, I it's like obviously hard to listen to these things, but they are the antagonists. And like even Pryor said, like when the bad guys say it, they like they need to mean it, you know, and they, it needs to be like part of their vocabulary if we're going to believe this, you know. And then on top of that, it's a, it's being satire. So it, like to me, it's just like they're so outlandishly like this that it becomes funny to me, you know. And I think that's the absolute point of it where it's just like, Jesus Christ. They are so bad that it becomes funny, you know. Yeah, it it draws in, it draws you in because right off the bat, regardless of whether or not you hear them say these words first and foremost or not, you they they portray them in in kind of a, a caricature way. Yeah. And even with their clothes, you know, Taggart's in ill-fitting clothes. The guy who's got the drawstring cowboy hat looks like a freaking like a kid playing cowboy. You know what I mean? The the guy you were talking yes, about, right? Lyle. Yes. Burton, Lyle. Burton Gillingham. Yes. Lyle. You know, that's the kind of stuff. It's like obvious like it's it's ignorance. Yes. Like they are they are portraying the ignorance of these pe- these guys just like right off the bat. And there is something that you know right away what's what they're getting at, and I think you need to know right away, yeah. or else the, I don't know if this ever would have gone anywhere. It's yeah. like yeah. I got to know where we're going with this. Are we all comfortable in this? Like we're good, right? Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, and I, I do I do like just even the like the down home cooking seems like of of filmmaking with this where like they have that cart you know and then, like they start off with the cart and you can tell they just put the camera on the it cart probably because it's shaky they didn't yeah. have a drone yeah. to use so they, exactly. <laughs> they didn't have track delay so they just used the track that was already there you know it, it really is it's uh mel brooks and what i love about mel brooks is he is so happy to make a live action cartoon yeah it's really what he does, but that's like, what, and and then the, and then he takes it and elevates it to a place that a cartoon would never go with mm-hmm. like this, his dialogue. Yeah, but that's what like I, I love that they're making like you're you're talking about western, Sean. Your side we're getting into it, but I feel like there's two different ways to look at westerns. There's like the cool, there's like the tombstone way of like modern day make me a really good dramatic western revisionist westerns. Yeah, much. okay, cool. But then there's the the shitty of shitty like. 1930s 40s 50s spaghetti westerns that like i don't i don't like i think it's glorifies a terrible time in our country of like because i I told you i was a native american uh literature studies so like like the wild west was just a terrible time uh in our in our history but they just like it is a cartoon, yeah. but we we made it seem like ah wow, that's like no yeah. no, it was terrible. It that's was awful. makes you think like John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, <laughs> yeah. the Cowboys, yeah. yeah, they're heroes and all this stuff. It's like no, it was a really rough time. It Did you guys bad. ever hear ever watch the show Hell on Wheels? Yeah, mm-hmm. great show. See, that's what I want to see. And that is it. It's uh, apparently uh, my understanding is just what I heard. Okay, is that there is a good? It's a good representation of yes. like how it really was back then. It was dirty. It was disgusting. It was hard, and there was death around every corner and that's really what it was and for this to come out you know for us to be able to see this and it's almost like they make fun of it in a way but they're they're making fun of like the honest truth like people are just getting killed for no reason shooting people oh heck heck. or 
the moment when they go and they are like, take those, take the, take the cart, go down the trail, check it out, or down the railroad and check it out. And then they're in the quicksand. Yeah. <laughs> is it just me? Or is the world getting taller? It's just like, and then they're just sinking out of the camera. It's like, that's a cartoon. Yes, but I, I don't know. I don't know, but I hate it. But I hate it. <laughs> like they're just, it's, you're absolutely right. That is a cartoon shot that you've seen before. Yeah. It is Roadrunner running out and then standing in middle midair and going, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. They yeah. hold up the sign. We'll get to it later on. Candy Gramp, you know, that yeah. kind of, you know, that kind of stuff. It's great. And that's what Mel Brooks brings to this and, and helps, I think, helps people understand right away yep. that this is a, this is a, it's, we're joking about this. Yeah. This needs to be made as a joke. I will push back and do a, well, actually, well, a little bit. Spaghetti Westerns is like Italian Westerns mostly. And they, they were kind of also their cool interpretation. Yes, cool hand, yeah. Their interpretation you. of more Americanized uh, ideals. And the, the, the Westerns, I think this is mostly spoofing is like the serials yes. of like the four channels that were on back in the day. You know, there were like 50 Western shows back on the day. They were just like, oh yeah, the women is in the kitchen because uh, that, that's what, that's where they belong. And they, it was that kind of shit that they're spoofing as well yeah. as the plight and racism of, yeah, right. of those as well. Right. No, that you, makes sense. Do you think spaghetti West, Westerns were more like honorary in their creation or were they like making fun of make they're fun just, of? They were just like, kind of, they're a, like, it's a weirdly different thing. They're just like kind of on their own. Like most of like uh, good and the bad and the ugly is just kind of on its own. They are saying something, but they are Italian filmmakers doing it. Right, right. So there's, it's a weird subset. It's like the giallo of slasher movies, pretty much. Okay, I don't know what that is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right, though. Like uh, the the death of of how bad it was back then is just is just made funny. Like the 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 galley. The hanging galley hang, right outside yeah. that that then they got a noose around the horse's neck and also the guy's neck. <laughs> yeah, like, ridiculous. Like it, it's it, and you don't. That's what I like about Mel Brooks for the most part is okay. So guys, I'm I'm gonna come clean here. The first time I saw this movie and I'll point those moments out. I I was gonna give this like a five after my first viewing. I was like, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of it was because I just didn't catch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you don't you do, he doesn't really like he beats you over the head with it but he also doesn't it's it's weird you have to really pay attention to hear some of those jokes yeah or to see some of the stuff that he's that he's just kind of like it's over there. It's he, there he puts it on screen and he doesn't necessarily point everything yes. out to you yeah. yeah he draws you in but he doesn't point everything out to yep. you the hangman is dressed like a medieval hangman yeah <laughs> it's amazing like, like it, and it's it, like it, literally <laughs> like a uh, igor or igor i'm pretty filled up today I, uh, I got a full schedule i could maybe work two of the other guys are homesick with the flu yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's pretty like, awesome hanging a guy in a wheelchair is, is yeah the best man <laughs> I fucking, like they finally got franklin you know we finally got we to finally see got it. it oh thank oh. god uh it's it's it, that the ridiculousness is is what i come for for yeah. a mel brooks picture yeah. yeah, no, I agree, man. What do you think about seeing uh, David Huddleston in this? You know, because I honestly had never seen David Huddleston being the Big Lebowski in the Big Lebowski. I had never ever seen him in anything else, and I know he's been in a lot of stuff, but I never knew it. And that man, uh, 
he's a he's a very handsome, charming man at this point in his life. He's like he's a big big fella on screen. But I also when he's giving his little speech mm-hmm. to the town, I just wanted him to be like strong men also. Cry. <laughs> strong men also <laughs> that's cry. Like, that's all I wanted from yeah. him because it's a great speech in the church. Yeah, and I just I felt like it needed that a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I know. Uh, funny that somebody made a Big Lebowski reference that he's in both of these. Yeah. FYI. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, what do you mean? One of the uh, reviewers. One of the oh, reviewers. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Maybe even, he just likes David Huddleston. Yeah, maybe he's just a big fan. I'm a big fan too. Yeah. All right. Uh, we did it last episode, but uh, my favorite guy. Favorite. Uh, we we need to specify this again. It's it, it's your favorite. Yeah. Your favorite like non main character yeah. that yeah. that you want to hang out with their character. Yes. Most okay. lovable face. Most lovable, Most lovable face. Let's Most do lovable face. Most lovable yeah. face. Okay. Let's do that. Gabby Johnson. Oh. Hell, I was born here. I was raised here. I doggum it, I'm going to die here. And no sidewinding, bushwhacking, horn swallowing, cracker crooker. You're going to ruin my biscuit cutter. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, and then, and then uh, David Hosen is like, now who can argue with that? Oh my god! It's one of my favorite scenes in this movie. I love that performance so much. It's just like, and then like the, this, the timing of it when David Holson stands up, I was like, and who can argue it? It's perfect, yeah. man. It's just, it like I've been saying, it's just ridiculous. And uh, but also, it's 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 uh, sending up this kind of person too. Yep. You know? Uh, this kind of mountain man that that that's the one of this of this it's town, the cliche you know? dude yeah the cliche pr- old prospector if that were made today Will Ferrell would play that part yeah oh sure like that's that's who that is <laughs> yeah well just <laughs> and right. just let him do the most outlandish thing he can think I'd of I'd be at the more moment. worried about coyotes if I were you yeah <laughs> remember that you guys ever seen that one no. so if you haven't ever seen it there was a Saturday Night Live skit that never aired with Will Ferrell he was an old prospector okay that came in to help the army like. Look at some back country, and, and they didn't air it because no one could keep a fucking straight face. Okay. <laughs> it's just Will Ferrell just destroying Jimmy Fallon and like Horatio Sands. <laughs> like they can't even deliver their lines. It's not possible because they're laughing so. Will Ferrell has pots and pans banging all over him in a prospector hat. Watch that sometime. I don't know. I'm pick, you know who I'm picking. I'm picking uh, John Hillerman. Uh, he plays um, he plays one of the townsfolk guys there. I can't, I'm sorry, I didn't write down his name. Um, He's obviously. Oh no, he's a Howard Johnson. One of the, one of the, he is Howard. He Johnson. is Howard Johnson. Okay. He was. If you recognize him, this is a very interesting fact. He was in Magnum PI. That's how most people know him. With that you know that uh, TV oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You recognize. He's got a really cool voice. But where I remember him was a movie called Up the Creek, and I think I've mentioned it in mm-hmm. this. It was like a. It was like a whitewater rafting movie for colleges. Oh yeah. <laughs> but what's weird is he plays the dean of La Petamaine University in this movie. Lepetamine, like obviously a nod to this to his role in this movie. Oh, Lepetamine, Governor Lepetamine. Okay, Governor okay, Lepetamine. yeah, yeah. The, the name of the university is Lepetamine. Oh, in, gotcha. In Up the Creek. If that's oh, okay. I don't. I've always loved his voice. He just seems like the coolest guy. Yeah. And he's got that one flavor of ice cream. I kind of want to hang out with him. <laughs> Have you guys, did you guys notice like in the uh, credits or at least like the casting bill uh, that everyone in town is named Johnson? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the board behind them. Yes. And I think that was a thing, by the way, uh, in the past where everyone went by their two initials. 
Yeah. I think that was a thing for a period of time. You know, HR Johnson, DA Johnson. Oh, yeah. Just a bunch of dicks. Just a bunch of fucking dicks. That's fun. It's just a bunch of dicks. Do you also think it's like an inbred kind of thing? Like, oh, is what no. they're kind of implying. Oh, it, could been, be. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. To do what we do means having subscription services is a must. Even with my extensive inventory of DVDs, Blu-rays, and VHS, I don't own everything, all right? Say if I wanted to, to watch Mystics in Bali, but I don't own the DVD. But one streaming service will let me watch it for free <laughs> seven with days. a seven-day trial while I watch the movie. And being the forgetful Lucy I, that I am, I completely forget that I signed up for a reoccurring bill every month. That's where Rocket Money comes in. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending $80 on, on their subscription when, in reality, the number is closer to $200. It's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with the press of one button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Uh, another thing I like about them so much and uh, a cool perk is that they kind of negotiate uh, lowering your bills for you. Whoa. If you want, they, you can just like press a button and say it and, and they're like, okay, we're on it. And I guess they go talk to them or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I love that uh, you can kind of see your net worth, which is kind of cool, which is like, you know, you look up celebrities and like, oh, they're worth this net much. Worth. I am worth $100. <laughs> uh, they, cool, let you, they let you know uh, if, if a bill has increased or decreased. I just got this the other day that MidAmerican, uh, our gas company, uh, raised it for like 50 cents or something like that. And it's like, you know, it's not that much, but it's cool you to knew. know, you know, that's yeah. kind of fun. Uh, stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash confused. That's rocketmoney.com slash confused. Rocketmoney.com slash confused. Scene two. Headley persuades Lapetamane to select Bart, a black railroad worker who is about to be hanged. Lamar believes a black lawman will so offend the townspeople, which will result in him taking over the town eventually. With his quick wits and the assistance of drunken gunslinger Jim, the Waco kid, Bart works to overcome the townsfolk's hostile reception. Okay, so Mel Brooks as his, as his governor, he, he just comes in, a guns a-blazing with with what he does, you know, and I feel it is like what he does, isn't this it? This is pretty much, I, I think I have to imagine that this is pretty much how signing bills goes in the real government, <laughs> which just like, I think it is this, this like skeleton of a, of a person who is just barely alive. And the, and the person next to him is like literally signing the bill for him and like, Oh yeah, do this, do this. And he just like has a pair of tits next to him, you know? Cool. I, I have to imagine that's what it's like. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it, they uh, there was a small disclaimer. You can if you pay attention, you can see it, and it says although the names and events have been changed, or, or the na the names and and people have been changed, the uh, events are actual. <laughs> this is actually how it went down. I did miss that, but yeah, okay. yeah, it's there though. You got to squint, but it's there. Well, I'm glad I was pretty accurate on that. You got to cool. look cross eyed, just like he is. So you can see it, but it's there. It's work, 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 work. Oh, <laughs> work, work, work. Fucking it, paddles, dude. <laughs> it's defective. It's defective. He. It's so great too. They, I mean, nobody's off. That's what I love about Mel Brooks. That's what I love about co comedy in general. Is that just like nobody's off limits, right? Like if, yeah. like so even just the the jabs at government, like you said, showing how shitty this is, and then him even saying we have to protect our phony jobs. Yes, yeah. that's, that's literally what government is. It's phony jobs. 
That that everyone's like, we got I'm 97, but I need to keep this job. I need to keep this job. I need to keep this job. Politicians are just good talkers, and that's all they're good at. Yep. They don't care about anything else. Eventually, they aren't even that. Yeah. Because they can't talk. (laughs) Yeah. They just pause randomly. (laughs) Not to name names or anything, but every every once in a while. Every once in a while, you just stop mid sentence. (laughs) Every every now and again, you just look like Franklin the Turtle. (laughs) (laughs) We're fucked. So well, listen. If, if you're mad, if you're mad about uh, us talking about said person that stopped talking, you're gonna be mad about this entire episode. You're gonna be mad so, about this whole I mean, episode. Like, it's fine. Yeah, you know who we are. There's nowhere to win. <laughs> that one time you mentioned the the president with the T word, like at one point, I don't know. Somehow somebody mentioned yeah. it, and some guy gave us a one star. Uh, Enough politics. Like what? <laughs> Why do we even say that? Oh my god. We think it's ridiculous and stupid, and I, and Mel Brooks is commenting on it. I don't know. We're reviewing. This movie. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Oh. <laughs> That, yeah, and, and then there's always it just always seems like there's a moment where Mel Brooks is messing around with a woman in his movies. Yeah. <laughs> like it was very spaceballs. Yeah. It's a spaceballs moment for me. Like, Put some clothes on and stay in that position. <laughs> stay in that position. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's just genius, man. Even like when he's got he's got Barton there and the, yes. Oh what what are you, he's a new <laughs> Yeah. Wait, hold on. Huh? He's, <laughs> he's just, he brings him back over, he's like, oh, it's because he's got Bart with him. <laughs> it's so good. It's Don't very. You know? You're right. This is him in like every acting role. Yes. It's so good. That's his character, and he's so good at it. Yeah, I love it. He's great because yeah, he's playing. He'll always play a politician or some sort of, um, you know, leader in some sort of organization that is always at least <laughs> some, some sort of foolish. You're absolutely right. That's yeah. exactly what he is. Man. President Scrooge, <laughs> uh, Rabbi Tuckman, even though he, I liked him as Rabbi Tuckman, he finally gave himself a, an endearing character. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we got to get into uh, Gene Wilder here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cause, cause like I want to, I just want to mention that I feel like this scene, he, um, Bart gets to the jail, um, but Jim, Jim, the way they call me Jim. Jim, this I think this is the best scene in the movie. Them just hanging out in, oh, yeah. in the cell because something about well, first of all, Cleavon Little. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, just destroys this performance. He's so so good, so talented. But Gene Wilder, why why does he have a permanent twinkle in his eye? I don't know. He just does, man. He, like he. Perfect casting for Willy Wonka for like any anybody like mystical or uh, kind of uh, uh, more elevated, you know, because Waco Waco Jim has a uh, uh, reputation, you know, and it's it, you can see that. But also it could be like he is like his character Waco Jim that he is constantly drunk and hungover. Yeah. I don't know. It it works so well with everything that he does, and like like I said, like his timing is, you know, I'm, I'm my name is Jim, and people call me. Like, you he know, waits. He waits like a millisecond too long. Perfect amount. <laughs> I know. Somehow it's the perfect goddamn amount. And I, yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like his, I them together. I want to. I will watch anything. Yes, it's so good watching them. And they're so gentle in the way they speak. Yeah, and like it's yeah. not like exciting no. dialogue, but it's just you're you're enthralled by them on the because they're both just. I believe their friendship completely on yeah. screen. Uh, yeah, you believe it immediately, and it's. I think it's such a great way to to write these two characters. You know, in the midst of all this obnoxiousness, there is some good writing that goes on here, right? And and like I know that that sometimes can get hard to see or hard to even accept. Yes, you know, but there is a lot of great writing in this, and most of it, I think, really does belong it exists between these two characters, mm-hmm. and they're 
their demeanor and it's a classic thing to write, but two misfits in this world are befriend each other mm-hmm. and accept each other almost immediately, right? There's no question amongst these two guys almost exactly like when he says oh god, when he says and he's like upside down, he's like are we okay? <laughs> that depends. Are we black? <laughs> yes, we yes, are. We yes, are. we are. I think we're okay. <laughs> it's, like, you know, it's like, it's very, very funny. And like, it's just acceptance. Yeah. I accept you. Can I get a little help? It's like, you need help? Oh, I'll get it. Yeah, I'll take some help. Like, <laughs> immediately there to help each other. And then them playing chess. Gotta get some help. Oh, all I can get. Oh, <laughs> oh, just all I can get. <laughs> so gentle. Like, whatever I can get. Sorry, what are you saying? Oh, no, I just, I, like, and then it just gets, it's like, man drinks like that, doesn't eat anything. It's like, it's gonna, it's gonna die. And he's just like, we can only hope. Or ways is what, when or something like, like that. Yeah. When? He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just love it, but so like much. happily, like when? How does he? How does he deliver lines like this? You know, like Gene Wilder is is forever just, you know, this long term idol, a personal idol of mine in in this world of comedy acting, yeah. and I just I, I just I want to watch everything that he does, mm-hmm. you know, and but in this in this he he adds a presence that is so much needed in a movie that is going to be so like just raucous like. So crazy. I like when you when you what you brought up is that this is kind of a, a like a say that say what happened before, before this was like an action scene in a different movie, and then you have like the calm down or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, this seems like that from all the ridiculous, yeah, kind of uh, racist and then the comedy as well as like, excuse me, while I whip this out, while I you know, this out. it's so that that is so good, and it's like laughs per minute, and you, I imagine an audience in the seventies to be like, oh my god, oh my, I can't fucking I can't take anymore, and then they take this break with Gene Wilder. It's it's uh, it's much needed i think and uh, uh brilliant and it's a, it's a, just a different pace of comedy yeah you know it is that's it, exactly it, right. it allows for this different pace of comedy that uh, again it to watch these two play chess with each other <laughs> is very endearing you know even the even the fast hands of the chess <laughs> like that that almost to me doesn't work if it's not those two <laughs> exactly. guys uh, and it's, it's a bore specifically it's a dumb... gene wilder just like gene wilder like not didn't move at all just you ready are you ready? <laughs> Just smiling and moving so slow like a turtle. Yeah. And I was like, bah! <laughs> and you would expect it to be that he's so drunk and just <laughs> yes, uh, that he would he would mess it up. But they still give this yes. character the mm-hmm. full yep. access to to do what he does best. I think it's great. <laughs> They're playing chess and they're playing black and white. My God, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Were they, were they the corresponding piece? They were each their corresponding. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see what I mean. Like, you don't notice, man. And you kind of forget that that's why maybe you, you're, you like Gene Walter's character so much is that he's like the only. Uh, accepting um, confidant like white yeah. guy that's that's wants to be his friend. Kind you know, of too, it's like not even like straight up accepting. I guess you know, like in the in the or just doesn't like care. making sure I need to be. Accepting. No, he just you like, know, it's, he's just he's just a, he's just like oh, you seem like a cool dude, you know. And that's what the way it should be handled. And I think like right. a movie like this, you know, like, where it's just a genuine friendship. It doesn't really yeah. matter what what else is happening on the story that Gene Wilder tells about why he gave it up is. 
maybe again it's just another perfect opportunity of of this comedic pacing that you only get from this a duo of Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks it seems like where he can just he can tell this story he's like everybody wanted a shot at the Waco kid you know and every corner and uh, one day I was walking down the, the middle of the street and hear a voice reach for it mister turn around and there I was face to face a 12 year old kid <laughs> and the audience is like oh my god did you well, kill the I kid threw down my guns and walked away <laughs> yeah <laughs> little bastard shot me in the ass <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, like how he ends that like with a deep yeah. cut he's like crawled inside of, Crawls, of a whiskey yeah, bottle, whiskey bottle and and never came out never came out <laughs> like damn it's like wow <laughs> you're really happy for having this kind of a life right now and just again like i, I just the the pacing the 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 timing the the silence you know that that gene wilder allows into into his comedy and mel brooks allowing him to do that is I don't yeah, know. It's unmatchable, man. Cuttable. These it's are cuttable scenes. Yeah, yeah. In any other movie, like and coming uh, in last on. minute too to replace somebody. Oh my right. gosh! Just, and who did they have beforehand? Gig Young. I don't. I'm not, Do I'm, we, are we familiar with Gig I'm Young? Not, I'm not. No, at all. we don't care. Okay. See, and like the fact that, the, like you just said, the fact that this is a last minute edition. He was flown out like what, like days before or yeah. something. Insane. Yeah, and there and there's just some beautiful moments too. Again, um, you know, you've got this flashback that Bart has mm-hmm. of, of when he was a young kid. And, and first of all, it's just funny that there's a, a Jewish Native American or whatever. <laughs> speaking Yiddish. You're speaking Yiddish. But um, you, you get the gist of what he says, because what does he say? Uh, they're blacker than we are or whatever. Let them go. Darker than we are. Darker <laughs> than we are, yeah. But it, he does speak in Yiddish there, and people have translated it. And essentially they're, what he's saying is, like, listen, <laughs> we've gone through some shit, but we haven't gone through that kind of shit. Like, like a sign of uh, affirmation towards the black culture of like, mm-hmm. of like, you know, we've been oppressed, but uh, we got to let them go because they've also very much been oppressed. Yeah. You know, and I did that. Like, you don't need that kind of a nod, uh, but it's, it's cool. Cause those are two different cultures that have gone through some, <laughs> some terrible things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's like a mutual respect there. Like, don't worry. But I also love your laughing. Then he's like, so we formed our own we circle. Formed our own <laughs> just the, the little sped up shot of the horse. <laughs> so dumb. You know, that horse so is going silly. like a mile an hour. Yeah. Speed it up. Speed it up. It's, I don't know. I, I just think that's, that's pretty cool that they put that nod in there. Yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's exactly what you get from Mel Brooks like that. He is a, he, he makes he makes fun of these things and brings them to light because of his understanding and yes. like appreciation of like what these cultures have, what those things what what it's gone through you know mm-hmm. where it comes from and yeah I mean it's it's really great to see he'll fit that into his his comedy <laughs> all the time I I was kind of struck watching this movie with with the satire of like such kind of like a serious subject as you know as racism with uh, like watching Barbie I'm like pe- people who are railing against that movie because it's like so feminist it's like but it's a satire and it's hilarious it's funny. You know, like it, it just it it reminded me of the same thing. Where it was, it was just like it's 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 sending all of this ridiculousness up. You know, it's it's putting it on a pedestal, but also like fucking like making a fart noise over it. Or some some people shit, don't you know? want that. It's exactly what's going on. It's like setting up the milk bottles on top of that pedestal so you can throw baseballs at. Yeah, it. you know, it's like that's what's happening inside the movie. Is that's why you that's why you bring these things to light so you can have commentary around them. Yeah, that's what this comedy this types of 
these types of comedy does. Yes. That's what it does. Some people don't want that shit. Yeah. Don't bring it. Don't bring it into the light. Yeah, don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. And I don't think that that's the right approach to take, yeah. you know, with it. You should have conversations about it and listen to all the sides of it. Well, scene three. So Bart defeats and befriends Mongo, a henchman sent by Taggart and Lyle to kill Bart. Headley then tries to, st- to send Lily von Stupp to win him over. After her performance in the saloon, Bart ends up seducing her at her own game. Sean, it's time. Okay. I know you want to talk about this. The farting scene. Yes. <laughs> I know you want to talk about this. Of course this. I do. Tell me all about the farting <clears throat> scene. Uh, from what I know, that it's like the first <laughs> fart ever in cinematic history. And not only just one fart, it's a group of farts. Um, and I think it's amazing. And I, I knew that, that Warner Brothers was not having it with this scene and like wanted him to cut it. And he's like, uh, well, no, because no, it's funny. And even to this day, man. Still funny. To this day, it's probably the most funny thing that it's, that's ever going to happen in anybody's life. If, if someone farts, it's always funny. It doesn't <laughs> it's matter. It's never not funny. And then, uh, maybe, maybe Mel Brooks made that happen for us. I don't know. The f- the fact that they that they all take turns standing up yeah, just, mm, <laughs> makes it wah, even funnier mm. to me. Is that <laughs> did you ever have fart machines? Oh yeah, oh like the ones uh, they sold at Spencer yeah, Gifts. Yeah, that's what this reminded me of. Like yeah. you know, you'd lose a game in lunchroom and you'd have to put it in your bag, and somebody would walk by with a remote outside your class and just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's it's never not funny. It's it's stupid and it's. It, well, it's stupid, and because they're eating beans and shit too, or so like, you want some more beans? Oh, I don't think I should. You know, coffee and beans. <laughs> You've had, I think you boys have had enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're just they're just eating beans and bread, beans yeah, and bread. That'll that, do it. That's just what's going because, down. Because like Mel Brooks is also like he's seen all these westerns that he's sending up and making fun of like this, you know, and they all they do is eat beans in those movies. He's like, beans make me fucking fart. Yeah, wouldn't it be so, funny? So I I don't know why like, it'd be realistic as well. Yeah. He's basically doing what, what we do on this podcast. He's like, he's like, can you imagine all the fucking farts yeah, exactly. that's going on around those campfires? <gasps> that put methane. In the can, how mind blowing is it that they never would let you have a fart noise in a movie until this? It's crazy, it's unreal. Dude. I mean, it's fifty years ago. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I guess kind of, but also like, really, a fart noise? Yeah, I don't know. You wouldn't let you wouldn't let that be in a movie. John Wayne never farted. <laughs> Maybe no, maybe not. some weird like Italian Federico Fettellini movies with just like fetish fart m- movies if they if those exist fetish farts <laughs> I've never seen him fetish well farts. apparently that's what lapetamine means is it means like fart maniac <laughs> like in a loose translation of French I'm like I'm pretty sure that's are what you it serious means. Yeah. fart maniac yeah he's like like fartomaniac or I something like I, a I, flatulence I, crazy flatulence guy or something I thought it had a much worse like <laughs> hidden meaning no lepetamine no <laughs> I like that. I do too. I got to do some lepetamine a little bit later. (laughs) What's a a pederast? (laughs) Shut up. Shut the fuck up, AJ. Shut up, Donnie. Donnie, please. What about the scene of the movie for me, though? Uh, Bart goes out and and tries to talk to the townsfolk and immediately time washes back in there. This is, again, uh, Gene Wilder and his magic where Gene Wilder's having the speech with him. And apparently that that last line was like ad libbed, or um, or uh, Cleavon Little didn't know he was going to say that. You know, 
Morons. Morons. <laughs> and his laugh was genuine, uh, which is the same laugh that I had. His character, Jim, saying the exact same thing we were all thinking. You know, they're fucking idiots. They're morons. Like, And he just says it so bluntly to him that he just like... And they just keep it on him. They're like, this is perfect. It's beautiful, it's, man. It is, dude. It's, it's, it's so, so good. good man. To, to see that genuine reaction and have the same genuine reaction, I imagine, you know, well, I did as well. It's it's uh, magic. And uh, I, I love that they kept that in. And Mel Brooks is just like a genius for realizing what he had with this. You know, mm-hmm. I... That, that even just thinking about... I'm going to think about that and that's going to bring a smile to my face. Yes. Just, just <laughs> thinking that. about them and then the, they say cut. They're like, dude, did you just say that? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I just thought that'd be funny. And they're like, well, we're keeping it. Yeah. But it's so true as yeah. well, like at the same time. the um, We got we got Mongo yeah. uh, yes. coming into this now. Who's what, like an old NFL player or something yeah, like that? That's what was his name? Alex Karras? Karras, okay, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I mean the guy is just—he's just massive, a beast. and they just take all the physical comedy that they can, like as as far as they can with him. From him sticking his his head in the fire to him riding in on a bull, and I didn't understand the thing <laughs> of like the yes no. Did you read about it? I didn't hear about like I didn't understand it. No, well, apparently like school buses back in the day used to have a. A yes and a no passing? The, for passing. Okay. Like, yeah. like, definitely pass the bus on this side. Don't pass the bus on this side. Oh, that's my fucking gosh. Okay. Just referring to him as just a giant bus. He's just like, a bus. Like, like, that's all oh they were doing. And then, obviously, he gets off and he's like, you can't park that bull there. He's just, whoosh, just a cross punch on the horse. So it's good. so, so stupid. Yes, and dumb. I love it. It's one it's one moment away from being like this is the dumbest movie yeah. I've ever yeah. seen. But how, it's not. And and Mel Brooks just knows how to skirt that line. He knows how to take it right to there somehow before it goes somehow too far. And everyone else would say, No, that's too far, Mel. Everyone <laughs> you else can't punch a horse. Peter's gonna that. be all over our ass. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, but he just has this way to go about it. And then again, it just it's more cartoon hilarious humor of of him walking in with the candy gram, right? Yeah. And and we start to see this comedy, the comedy from both sides of things, of, of all these uh, amazing, the direction, the characters, it's all blending together. And he's like, well, looks like somebody's had a change of heart. And he puts it on his gun. He's like, oh, no, no, don't do that. If you shoot him, you'll just make him mad. And he's like, uh, like what the hell am I supposed to do? What was supposed to do? Candy gram for Mongo. Candy gram. Candy gram for Mongo. Mongo like candy. Candy the gram for Mongo. I'm the Mongo. Candy gram. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting that outfit from 20 years later. Yeah. yeah. Amazon. It was on one day delivery prime. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And him pushing the piano against all those yeah. people. Like, it's just funny. Holding them all back. Like it is. It's just it's silly humor and everything. It's it's very funny and you know it's you know, these are the movies that critique themselves as much as we try to. And I don't know. It's it's brilliant stuff, man. I think that Mel Brooks is doing several things at once, obviously. I think he's doing, like, obviously commenting on racism um, and being being a ridiculously fun movie and, mm-hmm. a, and a good comedy. But he's also making a good Western. Like it's actually pretty good. It's a Western it? movie. You know, it's there's there's no ifs ands buts about it. It's like uh, it's pretty much Rio Bravo. You know, I think it's John Wayne in that as well, uh, where they are kind of holed up in a jail for because uh, uh, these town folk are trying to get this one prisoner or something like that. And it's 
you know, with Gene Wilder and Cleavon Little in, in, in this jail. It reminded me a lot of that. But he takes care of the genre that he's in as well as sending it up and making fun of it as much as he can. But he's also slapping the face of Hollywood, I think. Yeah. You know, I think because Warner Brothers is like, you can't do that, you can't do that. I, he's like, oh, I don't okay. give a fuck. I'm, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna put a, you know, Looney Tunes kind of score in this one scene <laughs> where they're probably like, don't fucking put that in there. He's like, it's going in. I don't care. I think it's him jabbing at the Western genre is is slapping studios in the face. And I fucking love that. And I also think that he's making a great mm-hmm. Western at the same time. Yeah. And I can't I can't love that enough. I, I just I think he's doing so many things, it's incredible. Having Count Basie and his band out in the middle of the desert when Cleavon rides his horse in, like, you know, yeah. I mean it's just it's just like <laughs> well, don't do that. Don't, don't do no. okay, fine. Okay, it's great. All right, fine. <laughs> and, and yeah, then you got the like Lily Von Stoop, right? Madeline Kahn. Uh I wanna I wanna just reiterate here again, the first time I saw this, I was just like, I don't I'm not into this movie. Uh, this scene in particular, she she does this this vocal, the singing thing, and I'm just like, she's terrible at singing. This song is boring. This scene is going on. Why to why is this going on so long? I don't care. And then the second time I watched, it, I was like, this is fucking pure gold. Yeah. <laughs> I wish this scene would go on longer. She she kills it mm-hmm. in this scene, and I don't know why I couldn't figure out that it was funny. Like the word, maybe it's because I closed captioned it the second time, and I was like, "Oh, I I see what she's saying now." Yeah, she's she's singing this song of like, "I'm tired, <laughs> tired, tired." But, but like the men are like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> you know. Like yeah. It's it's just a again because then then he starts to tackle even like uh, feminism a little yeah, bit too. The song is basically, "I'm tired of your bullshit." Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Me Too before it was Me Too yeah. in Hollywood. I mean, yeah, because he's probably seeing all these things in Hollywood. Oh yeah. This whole movie was him like reacting to how 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 Hollywood and the acting scene was to to people of color and oh. and 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 probably women too. Him just well, being like, "What the fuck?" The fact the fact that Madeline Kahn came in to audition for him and was like, "Oh, it's going to be that kind of interview." Like she He's just like, expected no. that, right? That's she was that's still going to do it, but be like, "Oh, great! I thought you were different." He's yeah. like, "No, I am." So what? you just want to oh. see my legs just for the fuck of it for for, for your own jollies, Mel Brooks is like, "No, it's part of the. It's you know, I want to see them over the chair. That I just want to make make sure they look good. I don't know. I don't know. And that's basically it. Yeah, I love my wife. I don't, you know, that's why <laughs> you perform. married. That's <laughs> yeah. all. We're good. I'm Mel Brooks. It's all fine. Yeah. No, I think yeah, I think this this whole scene, this like even the musical numbers in this man, <laughs> yes. like this, uh, he wrote like what three of the songs in this. Yep. Uh, I, it's brilliant. Um, but like her performance with this song and as Lily von Stupp is, I don't know, man. It's it's like up there with like Ryan Gosling in my mind in the in the Nice Guys or Barbie. Oh even, God, even. great call, man. It's it's like. That is Oscar worthy in my mind, and, and I want to live in a perfect world where Ryan Gosling wins for that and she wins for this. I do almost think though that if they if they did redo this movie, which they could, you're you're just repeating things you hear other people say. I'd never make this movie again. Uh, if they did, I'd almost like to see her have more of a role after Definitely. this, though, because they, it's sort of forgotten. She's, I mean, she's there, but she. I would have liked to have seen her leave with the two men at the end. Yeah. As like, hey, we're to get we're friends and we're together, yeah. you know. But that that's maybe my only issue with it is I wanted more of her. Yep. <laughs> like, come so, yeah. on, let's go. More like clue kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. What's what she says? Like, it's like, uh, it's like, 
Hello, welcome in. Will you come in? Come on in. Come on in. (laughs) (laughs) The seduction of of just food and then just apparently she's just taken by him. Yeah. Is it it Twoo? Is it Twoo? Oh, it is (laughs) Twoo. It's Twoo. It's Twoo. It's Twoo. It's Any more being a snoop stooping or whatever? Snitching grooving. Snitching grooving. Did you did you hear about a deleted line though that was supposed to happen in that room when she she just seduces him? Uh-uh. It's dark and she comes back over and she's like, It's true, it's true. He was supposed to say, You're sucking on my arm. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they were like, No, 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 no. <laughs> you know we cannot do that. Yeah, I think that's the okay, one it's thing. Okay, it's implied. It's implied. <laughs> we, we get it. Got it's fine. The okay. one thing Mel Brooks is like, all right, fine. <laughs> I tried to sneak it in there. I thought you guys were idiots. But what I do. Well, even as you're saying, AJ, with like a Looney Tunes or a cartoon aspect with this, like I know she's like technically like German, right? Von Stuck. Yeah, yeah, right. But it also sounds like Elmer Fudd. Yeah. <laughs> like all the time. Like I couldn't get get it past my mind. Like why is she doing this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it's it's a constant. There has to be something. If she's going to be German, we're going to make fun of the Germans. Like, that's just what we're going to do, yeah. obviously. Uh, it's it's uh, he he's never very rarely does he ever pull a punch of, except for when he says you're sucking my arm. <laughs> so he's gonna no pull one's out safe, back. man. No, no one's, one's safe. safe. And, you know, stup stup in German is uh, engaging in sexual intercourse. That's oh, yeah. that's what that means. Oh, is that right? I thought I'd throw that out to you. Oh. Von stup stup. Well, you know what else we love other than sex? We love whiskey. Mm. We love Chess? whiskey oh, yeah. more. We love whiskey more than Madeline Kahn's legs. We love whiskey so much, and it's unbelievable that we get to be partnered with the greatest whiskey band brand band in the entire world. They're coming for you. If you haven't heard of Cedar Ridge whiskey yet, <laughs> they're coming for you. I'm just throwing a lot of anyway. Coming and they, going they and going and coming. <laughs> and too early. <laughs> too early, right? Is that a 10-gallon bottle of whiskey for me? Anyway, uh, Cedar Ridge Whiskey is in our backyard in Swisher, Iowa. They've won unbelievable countless amounts of awards. They're absolutely dominating the scene. And all you need is one sip of, of any of their whiskeys, their flagship bourbon in a, in a cocktail. Uh, their American quintessential single malt, which, by the way, is what we hand-selected a barrel of that sold out in like a week. And now everybody's like, we need more. And it's like, well, we told you. like, Because it's literally the best single malt on the face of this earth made by our friends at Cedar Ridge. They got a collaboration with Slipknot. Slipknot okay, could have chosen any whiskey brand ever. And they're like, Cedar Ridge. Yeah. They're the ones to make this. So what we really hope from you is that when you're enjoying one of these classic movies we're talking about, that you maybe pour yourself responsibly a glass of Cedar Ridge whiskey. You order it online straight to your door. Go to your local distributor. Check it out. CedarRidgeDistillery.com. That's what you do because they support us, which means you should support them. Support. Support them. Support them. CedarRidgeDistillery.com. Pour that stuff down your throat. At cedarridgedistillery.com. Scene four. Headley is furious that his plans keep failing and decides to destroy Rock Ridge with a newly recruited and diverse army of thugs. Bart comes up with a brilliant plan to build a fake Rock Ridge that will destroy the army while they're able to attack back. This plan works, but the fight breaks the fourth wall and it begins to spill onto the Warner Brothers film lot slightly. Oh. Slightly at this point. Oh no. Good time out. Okay. Let's talk about let's talk about Headley. Because uh, the actor yes. that plays Headley, his name is Harvey Corman. I, I'm going to go on a limb here. We've got Gene Wilder. We've got Cleavon Little. We've got all these un- Madeline Kahn. I think 
that Harvey Corman's the best performance in this entire hundred percent. Do you think so? Yep. I think he's up there. And what is it? Right. So he's playing this bad guy. Um, but did you notice, Sean, you probably have more on this than I do, but I started to notice that whenever he was on screen, it felt, it felt more like a, like a TV show sitcom. And I think the reason it felt that way is because there was a lot of wonders on mm. him. The, the, the scene where he does the hornswogglers, the nukes, pukes, dude, it's all, it's like a two minute wonder leading up to that speech yeah. that he has to nail. And, it, and it, there, there's one where um, uh, Mel Brooks and him, the first time they're on screen with the paddles, mm -hmm. it's like a two minute wonder. Uh, the, 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 him talking about the new sheriff and the, the revolving scene with him and Mel. Yeah. So they're all like one, two minute long one or shots clearly evident by how good of an actor this guy is. Cause they're like, Oh yeah, he'll nail this. We're good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I, I said, I agree with you. I think it's, it's one for the ages and like he has a line later. He's like, and I get a nomination for best supporting actor. <laughs> you know, I, I think he should have got it, man. Like it's pretty fucking incredible to, somehow outshine Gene Wilder and, and Cleavon Little and Madeline Kahn. You know, I, I don't know. It's it's one of the best comedic performances I've ever seen in my life. I think it's like last per minute, like at, especially like a bad guy. Like let's say Shooter McGavin and okay. uh, Happy okay. Gilmore. Yeah, I, One of my favorite villains of all time in, in a comedy. And this is like right up there, man. And it's like one of my five, I think. Um, I know that Ooh, this, top this five is... Top villains someday. We yeah, should do that. that that'd be Ooh, fun. Good call. Uh, I like that. This is th this character is the one that uh, Mel Brooks wanted him. Uh, Mel, Mel Brooks wanted Gene Wilder to play. No way. Okay, but he turned it down, and then he, like, he had to have an emergency replace uh, Waco Kid. But um, I'm so glad they got this guy. It's I, I this uh, this is why I'm going to rewatch this movie is because he is incredible. I I fucking love him so much. He's he's uh, as smart as you want somebody like that to be when you have all the dimwits around you because you know he what I mean? is smarter so he, than he is else. smarter than everybody else yeah. and and it it shows it shows in his dialogue but it also like and I, but i love that they will reduce him at any point as well yes and uh like oh lily 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 <laughs> <laughs> legs lily, it's, lily, it's, lily legs. Legs, legs or or where's my froggy <laughs> Taggart, Taggart, where's my frog? Where? Find him, find him, Taggart. That's not it. <laughs> I think him, him and Slim Pickens him together Slim Pickens yes. are like comedic duo gold. Oh yes. man, like they should have, they should have had their own thing, their show. Uh, we yeah. always talk about we want to see spinoffs of like, <laughs> yeah, like I want to see them move oh, forward in the future and what same. they get an apartment together and I want to see oh, them live dude. together. Even the bathtub scene is a bit of a wonder, and he splashes. And all the soap goes up on Slim Pickens' face. <laughs> yeah, and he's still just like what? still, still rolling. Like because like they've already been shooting the scene forever that perfectly lands on his face and his hat, and he keeps going. Yeah, yeah. it's genius. It's so good. I, I think, the, and I think those are the things that get underappreciated in a movie like this because it's going to be overshadowed by such silly, stupid things like begging for his froggy, <laughs> and then having a conversation with his froggy. He's not truly ribbit. evil because he has a frog. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> Daddy love froggy. Froggy love daddy. Ribbit. It's like Mel Brooks has a thing where evil people have to have childish. Yeah, like play. I didn't see you playing with your toys again, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. It's he has to do that. Just saying. No, sir. They're either idiots, like like he like you know his governor. It was not not technically a villain, I guess. They're either idiots or yeah, act childish, which could be idiotic. Yes, definitely. I love it. If you had to pick a favorite line of the movie, would you agree with me? 
that I think I laugh the hardest every time is <laughs> Cleavon Little. There, all these guys are getting together, right? And there's the line. He's like, "I got an idea. Hey, come over here." And he goes, "Where the white woman at?" <laughs> oh like, boy! Like that, I I rewound that ten times. Hit Cleavon Little's delivery of "Where the white woman at?" <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking lost my shit. It's so good. I, I think it is the line of the movie for sure. I, there's no doubt. It's the, definitely not badges thinking badges. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I still don't get that. I yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't either. I feel like it's a reference to something else, but I can't confidently say that anymore. <laughs> but I also love that on the back of because this is all I could think of is that uh, on the back of those like KKK members, those, those <laughs> dudes. Nice it says "Have a nice day." Like those grocery bags. Are, I'm just kidding. I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I want the KKK outfit that says "Have a nice day." Have a nice day. It says, have a nice day. I just want to hang it up. I don't well, want to wear it. Not the hood. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But it has, it I says, thought you were doing punchable face. I'm like, oh, I mean, that checks out. Yeah, well, no, 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 you went the other problem. way. It says "Have a nice day." Like takeout bags. Yes. Like that's what it's funny to me. Like like a Chinese takeout bag. Those always said "Have a nice day" on them, and that's what they put on is those bags. Like, <laughs> Very funny to me. It's pretty funny. Dude. Yeah. Well, it's. I don't know. There's. There's nothing that's ever going to come across, like come through in his movies that is like this, like this, like blatantly racist. He's yes. gonna. He's gonna have Ku Klux Klan members like on his. And his yeah, they're movie. gonna be there. But then he's gonna make a joke out of their their ass <laughs> that he's not really gonna even really tell you that, that he's not even gonna tell you that's there. He's just so like then I, if somebody goes, wait, you made him wear. Fast food rappers like, oh shit! I didn't know. Oh that. man! Oh look at that! Isn't that a weird? Joke. Oh man! Take like, out, huh? I like when they're coming up to uh, uh, Headley and they're Hedy, Hed, Hedy, Hedy. Um, they're you know they're telling him like, what's your credentials? Pretty much. <laughs> I like R word, murder, and R word. You know, it's it's like you said R word twice. Like I really like R word. <laughs> I like that. Oh. One. Fucking crazy, dude. You know. Uh, but then the guy that comes up, he's like, uh, yeah, I stampeded some cattle. I was like, what's so evil about that? Through the Vatican. Kinky. Kinky. <laughs> and that's when he has to sign it. And they're like, oh, we got to get the... Yes. Told you to wash your hands to get the blood off from the cross oh, see, it's coming off. It's uh, coming. Yeah, it's coming off. <laughs> I told you to wash your hands after cross burnings. <laughs> oh, my God. But, and like, nobody's safe. I love the dig when he's like, you know, they're, he's uh, there. He goes, this is going to be our plan, but you have to let our friends... The Chinese and the blacks, you have to let them help us and then give uh, a piece of land after this is all over. And they're yeah. like, no. And they're like, okay, fine. But not the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just so, no, I mean, because, dude, in reality, like, I don't want to make this sound like they're even close, but I mean, the Irish, when they first came over here, had, were very looked down upon mm, yeah. people. Like, they were, the, they were, they were the ones that did the work that, like, the Chinese wouldn't do on the railroad. Yeah. <laughs> And so they they were definitely a category of people, and now we all wear green and go. Say Patrick's yeah, Day. It's all, it's all fine. We celebrate Day. their culture. Yeah, right. Yeah. Isn't that strange? But yeah, I mean, I I love it that he even got that little jab in there. He's like, yeah, not the Irish. And everybody's like, no. And, uh, <laughs> like like all all the 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 black guys were like, oh no no not the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's what they were doing. I thought that was funny. I like when they when they get to uh, Cleavon's friends pretty much, and they're all stoked to see him. And like, I thought you was home. He's like, they was right. They <laughs> Was right. <laughs> uh, that's one of my other favorite fucking lines of this movie. I uh, love his outfits too. I gotta say, he looks yes. so good. Like his outfits are so dope. Like he's got like like corduroy, like almost like leisure suit style, like uh, 
uh, like Western it looks clothes, good. and it looks dope. He like Gucci saddle and he's got bags. the Gucci dibs. Ah, Dang. Ooh, here's a prop. Damn. Gucci saddlebags. I'll throw them on anything, even if it's over my shoulder. Hmm. Saddlebags. I'm gonna take uh, the. I want a suit jacket that has big white letters on the back that says "Gov." Gov. Gov. I feel like I could wear that to like a wedding reception <laughs> or something like that. Um, I, I'm gonna take Bart's hat. Ooh, that's a good hat. the first hat he when he becomes sheriff. Yeah, that's like a that good hat. Kind of tan, yellowish hat. Oh, I that's like good. it. I like that. I that's like that good. hat. Ooh, yeah. Oh, we didn't mention the the guy who says uh, who comes. He's like, all right. Give us your, give us your, give us your resume or give us your credentials. He's and he comes through and he says, "Murder, arson. What do you have? Chewing gum? <laughs> so dumb. You, did you bring enough for everybody? Well, I didn't know there'd be so many people. I, I would have brought some more." And Gene was like, "Man, he's strict. He's yeah, strict. He's strict. <laughs> like that's the most offensive that thing the that they can do thing. is not bring bubble gum to share." Oh my god, I love uh, it. Like it's when they're in the uh at night and they're planning this like yeah. kind of facade thing. Uh I think my favorite line of the movie, I know I've said that like five times, but uh it's like I bet you're I bet you're all wondering why I brought you up here in the middle of the night. You bet your ass. <laughs> There's a lot of unison. Yes, I that's one of my favorites. I didn't like a lot of them, but that one was yeah. fucking amazing. What about the bullshit at the end? Bullshit. Yeah, you know, it's Bro- it's Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think my favorite moment was was the moment like the the preacher just keeps chiming in and shit, <laughs> but he does. He says, "Oh Lord, do we have the strength to carry on?" When he's going to make the shot. This? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, that too, yes. But he, but it is the point where he's just like, "Can we have the the strength to carry on through the night and complete the task at hand, or are we all just?" Jerking off. <laughs> it's like Jesus. Jeez, bro. And then he's like, it's like he just won't shut up. Yeah. So Gene Wilder can concentrate on that shot, man. You think he could squeeze one off and hit it from here? Oh, there's something about this. Try. Sorry, there's something about this that I'm trying to figure out too. Where I think there's some something that he's trying to say about like, like I said, Hollywood. Like they're building this facade and like building these sets pretty much to look like the town and the and the people these marauders and, and these assholes are after them and they are believing it you know yeah i think there's something to be said about that uh if someone could help me out there's something there you know what i'm saying like the the facade of like hollywood you know or mm-hmm. or just like you know being being kind of like a, a paid actor and like kind of like a you know you're being whipped by right. a studio or something to to do this and and uh, do perform. it overnight yeah I don't know. There's something there. I like. I like. I want to try and dig deep on that sometime. But uh, maybe I, I, I should have earlier. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I agree with you. I think it's. I think there's something there. They build. They build this up, and then they. I, I think. I think this is. If you want to talk about uh, best lines, I think my favorite line of this movie is at the point of um, that they set up a toll booth. Yep. Yes. And he says, Has "Anybody got any dimes?" <laughs> Somebody's going to have to go back and get a shitload of dimes. <laughs> shitload of dimes. <laughs> and that is just so stupid. Like, just ride around it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know. No, but we got no. to go through this Hey, toll. you got to abide. We're lawbreakers, but we ain't breaking a toll booth. No, no, no. We need to fix these dirt roads. That's we right. Do. We do need to fix these roads. <laughs> we need these paths for our horses. 
Well, let's end this. So the final scene, the first are uh, the the fight first disrupts a neighboring musical and then ends up in the commissary. Headley escapes and arrives at the Chinese theater to watch the end of the movie. Bart shows up and defeats him. Bart and Jim have saved Rock Ridge and decide to ride off into the sunset. To me, this whole ending is just like a further fuck you to uh, Hollywood in general. Like, you know, like the facade of a movie is like, now we're going to break the fourth and fifth and sixth wall. They and just keep going. We're going to break every single wall that you put up and we're even going to go watch our own fucking movie, you know? I just, I don't know. <laughs> There's something True. so fucking brilliant about that. I love it. I, I, I think everything in life deserves, deserves to be like kind of fuck you'd i want to say mm. you know like even like me being like oh, oh you know cover bands that's such such a glut in cover bands but even me like liking hardcore oh rebellion oh <laughs> you're know, all about rebellion you know, you know everything deserves everything be, deserves it and if you can't take it then what the fuck are you everything doing? deserves to be laughed at you know or you know laughed with with a bunch of people you know it, i i, I yeah. think that it's it, to dispel a lot of things that that even you like is healthy in a way yeah it, it like there's a there's a there's a point of obviously another point where Mel Mel Brooks just get kind of gets this is like yeah he's poking fun and all these it is it's racially charged as far as like where the comedy comes from and everything but at the same time it's it has a point and it has it's it's meant to bring attention to some absurdity uh, and then like you say. Everything kind of deserves this, you know, not in the idea of you d- You don't get to actually go and do this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, if you are going to throw your shade, like I'll use your example, if you are going to throw your shade at a cover band, then you deserve to be able, then you should be able to accept the shade being yes. thrown at exactly. you. Exactly. Yes. And yes. that's what it comes down to. And for him to be able to break a wall, literally in the most literal sense, <laughs> breaking the fourth wall and then comes out and does that. And then he's not only doing that, he's also breaking into other sets Mm -hmm. and disrupting other people's performances, their productions, and then going and having the audacity to have his own characters go up their own ass. It seems like to watch (laughs) their own movie is hilarious. Yeah. That's it is. You're right. It's beyond breaking just the fourth wall. It's the fifth. It's the sixth. It's very funny and it's so absurd. Mm-hmm. I will I will honestly admit this is a point where it does get a little too much for yes, me. I agree. I agree. But I feel like if you it was if supposed you, to if right? you it's supposed to be exhausting, I think, at this point. <laughs> I think yeah. this is what he does. He gets to a point where he's just like, okay, we've already got him. Let's just... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just full throttle it, man. Just go. And he does it time and time again. And yeah, I mean, it's funny. There's a really cool moment that I read about when they do peel off. They all start running out of the lot, the Warner Brothers lot. And they like, you know, a bunch of people go down the street. Some people go that way. And then they get in a car. Yeah. Uh, or Headley gets in a Headley car. Gets or someone. In the car. They're, well, go back and watch it. There's just this old guy standing on the corner next to a mailbox. He's got like a bright sweater on. Apparently, he was on the set. He's just there, and they, somebody saw him. They're like, "You can't be here." And they tried to kick him out, but he like wandered back in. And he's just <laughs> seriously just watching everybody going, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> so, so like they they found it, and they're like, "All right, fine." Mel Brooks hunted him down and goes, "Sign this. You're in the movie." <laughs> it's just yeah. watch him. He looks completely out of place <laughs> as everybody breaks the out of the theater. He is. He's just like. Oh. Shit, Hollywood dude. sure is oh, different nowadays, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
I remember westerns. Hey man, sign this. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa! What the fuck? <laughs> oh, I, I, I think it's uh, like, why wouldn't you wrap this movie up any other way than just like with the bow of of two new almost best friends just riding off into the sunset? <laughs> and that nowhere special line. Oh, why yeah. does that make me emotional? Yeah, I, I know. It, well, I've just, always wanted to go. I, there. That's what I think, man. It's what, what I was saying about like. Just not taking things too seriously, you know. Whatever, like I said, whatever you're into, like hardcore, whatever cover band, whatever. Just don't take it too seriously, you know. Don't take anything really too seriously. I, I don't think. I think there's something of merit to that, and just kind of seeing the fun in things. I think this movie is a complete representation of that, and maybe the ending line is just like, oh, I don't know, I'm just gonna go somewhere. Uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I like that. I like. like who that knows a lot. where they're going? Whatever. Yeah, it's fine. In the end, does it matter? Yeah. Know? That's, exactly. It's, that's the fun of it. So, well, boys, what do you think? Did we hit our limit of snitching, Grubin? Did we hit that's it? That's all I can take. Twelve right. is my limit. Well, we have dissected this with a modern, modern eye. Fifty years later, almost. Yeah. And we got to talk about it. We got to give it our rating. AJ, I want to hear what you have to say about this movie, modern day rating, and what you got. I, 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 uh, I feel this way. Nowadays, I feel this way about most Mel. Brooks movies and this might be honestly because I've seen them so much in the past because I know his formulas and I know you know he that's what he does he builds off of formulas mm -hmm. and he makes fun of formulas um, there is a point in a lot of them and this this one is no different that I do get a, a little exhausted at a point and to his to honor him I do think that it's on purpose uh, in in some points, um, I do think it's very funny. I think it's a a little bit groundbreaking for the the idea to uh, include this so much, include such slurs, and to really put it out there so forthwith, just without even taking a skipping a beat, um, and bringing it to light in in a way that uh, is semi-approachable <laughs> i'm not saying that it necessarily <laughs> is because it is still hard to watch especially in today's with today's yes. light and everything it's hard to watch still to watch it get thrown around so flagrantly so it's uh it's 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 tough but i still think that it's it has its place in the comedy world and the world of cinema and i think that it's a, it, it is an important movie um for tearing down some of these walls like he he tends to do in all of his movies so i am going to go ahead and give um i am going to give this movie i'm gonna give it a 7.85 7.85 sometimes it sucks going first doesn't it yeah it does <laughs> you can have from here on out you can at some some point you can be like i don't want to go first deflect yeah. only I, once a year but you can do that only oh okay so say it sean <laughs> well, you can do it whenever Your you want first letter is a, a. <laughs> you have to go first it's alphabetical it's like always go technically first. i should go second but sean's up uh, hey what's up um yeah i agree i agree aj i think like uh, i think that like the racism and everything and like the things that are hard to deal with and hard like you know you you cringe at when you hear in this movie i think it's confronting in the best way and i think art should do that i think art is made to uh to shake you up a bit and it's made to kind of put you out of your comfort zone and if it if it does it's a good thing you know and a lot of people's uh with like reviewing this is like a lot of people that do get put out of their comfort zone are just like well i didn't like it because it put me out of my comfort <laughs> so well you know maybe you learn something new or you know you, you experience something that you haven't before you know and i think uh mel brooks is 
in making this movie, he's just let it, like we said, breaking down every wall. He's like, he's a, he's punk rock. To be honest, he's just like fuck everything. I'm gonna do my thing, and uh, if you like it, I don't really give me a and shit. my friends are gonna laugh. At yeah, it. it's it's funny to us, so I don't care. I have to say, I do have to say, I think that that again, it comes back to the point. It's not about it's not about being able to like say these things and throw them out in front of your face. It's the point is like it's it's a good thing that this makes you uncomfortable. Yes. Like I don't think people realize that mm-hmm. that the that the fact that it is something that makes you uncomfortable is a good thing, and then to be able to go one step beyond that to be able to laugh at it because you understand what they're doing, yes, not because you agree with the sentiment mm-hmm. or, or the idea, right? That's that's what I think is important. So I'll just say that I agree. No, I, I yeah, well said. It uh, I, I I didn't talk about the music in this movie. The the score I think is fucking fantastic. You bet. Uh, I, it's been in my head since I've uh, started watching this movie again. Um, all the performances are amazing, and it's Mel Brooks, man. Uh, I'm gonna give this as uh, as well as AJ seven point eight. Seven point eight. So again, I I had never seen this before. I watched it the first time. Was ready to give it a five. Uh, just was like, yeah, whatever. It's aged as an age very well, meaning like I didn't think it was funny. Then I rewatched it and things changed and I I really I really like this movie. Um, there's an article I was I wanted to know other people's thoughts on this too, right? So there's an article written on decider.com. Um, it's basically called Is Is This Is Blazing Saddles Woke? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I gotta read this. And it's better than you think it is. It's very good dissection. But this guy said, when Blazing Saddles came out in early 1974, America was exhausted. In a few months, Nixon would resign from the presidency in disgrace. Meanwhile, the country still suffered from years of racial turmoil, tragedy, police brutality, and riots. And just six years after the senseless murder of Dr. Martin Luther King, it seemed as if things would never get better again. Six years. Six years later. Wow. Brooks comedy offered a simple salve to soothe cultural wounds belly laughs with a side of brutal honesty i thought that was a very Mm. awesome way to put this uh i'm gonna go higher in both of you i'm gonna go 8.15 nice so that takes us to a 7.93 you want to know where that's gonna land us 7.93 gets up there maybe not as high as some people would want to see it maybe not as low as some people want to see it but that's gonna Go firmly in the number 35 spot that is right below Beetlejuice, right above The Princess Bride. Hey, all right. Is where we feel that one's going to land. Wow. I like that. Okay. uh, When we hit year 10, we're allowed to go back and completely change all of our ratings, but we got to get there. So Nice. Okay, great. That's why we're we're enjoying that you're here because we got a long time to go, and we're just so happy to have you guys listening. We know you're on the other end. We know you're laughing with us, so thanks for being here. Tune in next week. Summer of 70s comes to a close. It's been good. With a movie that I'm so excited. This is my choice. It's American Graffiti. If you haven't seen it, it is on Netflix, hopefully as of time of saying this, but... Basically, days to confuse, but 10 years earlier, yeah. 20 years earlier. I'm so excited to hear what you guys have to think about this. And that is followed by Tombstone. Come on. Oh, we're not leaving daddy. the Westerns. We're going Tombstone. Coming right back. It's going to probably be a two-parter because that's a long fucking movie. Well, <laughs> there you go, guys. And ready for this? If you're new to the podcast, go back this time last year. Willy Wonka. Oh, the oh wow. All Look right. At that. Some more nice. Gene Wilder. Some more coming. genius genius Boy, Wilder. Yeah. That'll keep you. That'll tide you guys over. To, uh, and it'll help us get through. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
it'll help <laughs> help you guys get through summer of 70s um, with American Graffiti. Oh, and the Westerns of Tombstone. Guys, stick around. We really appreciate you listening and that you'll continue to listen. Uh, we really appreciate you being here. Make sure, uh, if you can, give us a five-star review. We would love to read a review that you happen to write out uh, and share your thoughts with us because it just brightens our day getting to read those simple little thoughts that you write on Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the social media at Confused Breakfast. Just search for Confused Breakfast anywhere on social media. And uh, thank you for checking us out on YouTube. Well, she, you can go to our website, confusedbreakfast.com, and uh, look at our merch. You can see some shirts we got up there. I think we got some sweatshirts. I think, oh, it looks like we have pins. I've never even seen this. Doesn't matter. Um, we got uh, some you can get those. koozies, <laughs> and you can get uh, your uh, very own sheriff's badge. Sheriff's badge from our website as Look well. Look at that star! <laughs> uh, you can go to that same damn website and see all of our ratings we've ever done for every movie we've ever done you can see our individual ratings as well as our show collective i love you goodbye yeah, if you made it this far you love us so there's two ways to help us out one support our sponsors ag1 rocket money cedar ridge those guys are supporting this podcast this episode so you should do the same number two patreon.com slash confused breakfast bonus audio episodes voting on upcoming movies which is what our patreon members did today do both those things and also i guess there's four things three this show was produced by upload media group in cedar rapids you bet you should give them a round of applause especially craig it's one in the morning on a monday and he's still here with us (laughs) so we're doing pretty good uploadmediagroup.com also we are part of the cloud 10 iheart podcast network to learn more at cloud10.fm that's it for us blazing saddles someone's gonna have to go back and get a shitload of dimes let's go seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.